Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Before we get started, <coughs> excuse me, um, I just want to read a little bit of a statement to, to, to everybody, Okay. A little over two weeks ago, a man sworn to protect uh, us, protect our community, uh, murdered George Floyd in the streets of Minneapolis. This act of pure violence and hate sparked massive protests across the country and people everywhere banded together in solidarity with the black community. Right here in our own backyard, the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., there were massive protests as well. Demonstrations outside the White House and Pennsylvania Avenue, 16th Street, was even transformed into a Black Lives Matter plaza. I was proud of what the community had been doing as they joined together to condemn these social issues that have faced us far too long. I was especially proud of a couple of our younger players, Dwayne Haskins and Chase Young. Dwayne headed into DC this past weekend to take part in the protest and gain a better understanding of how he can make a difference. Chase took part in the call to action video that some of the top players in our league created last week. Their messages was powerful and one that every fan in the league should support. I've been tasked with leading this entire organization and I've always believed in the mantra that actions speak louder than words. I wanted to share with all of you our internal plan that will allow our organization to come together, let their voices be heard, listen to them, and ultimately take action. We've created a town hall program led by six members of our, of, of, of our, uh, our excuse me, of our company. Organizational experts on social justice, we have Doug Williams, Dr. Monica Page, our team psychologist, our senior director of player personnel, Malcolm Blacken, our team chaplain, Pastor Brett Fuller, one of our coaches, Jennifer King, a former police officer before becoming a coach, uh, and Asa Winborn, one of our employees. Everyone in the organization, from the front office and players to the ticket sales reps, can take part in these discussions. These town halls will give our employees a chance to share experiences, build camaraderie with colleagues they have yet to meet or encounter, and we'll ultimately come up with actionable items that we can do to make our communities safe for the people of color. You know, I've spoken at length with Mr. Snyder. We've talked about this uh, last week, uh, and we talked about having an actionable plan, um, having these types of forums to, to, to create these, this, these, these actions that we can take as an organization. And one thing he told me was, you know, you're gonna need some seed money, some capital money. So he's gonna give us $250,000 to work with so that we start these programs. So really do appreciate his support on, on, this, on this project. Our employees have all sta also started the Washington Redskins Black Engagement Network. This network will work to strengthen the Washington Redskins commitment to black employees through professional development, career management, mentoring, networking, and inclusive work environment and community outreach while creating an intercultural understanding of the black employees. Ben, as it's known, B-E-N, will work with organization executives and leadership to provide support, education, and racial equality initiatives 
in communities across the Washington DC metro area where employees live and work. These past two weeks have been a mix of emotions for myself. I'm saddened by how hard the black community is and by what has transferred. I'm also proud of everyone who is on the right side of the fight against social injustice. I'm eager to help in any way I can in making the difference. Lastly, I am honored to work at an organization with so many people who want to change our society for the better. Black lives do matter. We, can, we cannot be afraid to say it, so I'll say it again. Black lives do matter. I really do appreciate you guys giving me this opportunity to speak. Um, with that, I'm happy to open it up and start taking questions. Thanks, Coach. Um, we'll kick it off with Les Carpenter. Hey, Ron. Uh, thanks for doing this. Um, how hard have these last two weeks been for you? How much have you wanted to say something? And why did you choose this point? I also say, should ask is how much have you talked about this stuff with your players in the meetings? Okay, well, when, when the situation first occurred, you know, when, when, when George Floyd was, was murdered, um, a few days later, I, I, I had a, Z, a Zoom meeting with the entire organization, excuse me, I had a Zoom meeting with the team, just the players first and talked with them. Um, and had, you know, open it up and we really didn't have a big discussion or anything like that. Um, but we opened it up and we talked to our guys. One of the things that we wanted to do and thinking afterwards is that, you know, what can we do to, to, to have a plan of action? And then the realization that, that, you know, as, and something that I learned, it was a little bit of a mistake on my part that it took me so long to react was that I also had to talk to the whole organization. It's something I've got to get used to. So um, we had a, uh, a Zoom meeting this week uh, we talked to the uh, employees. We talked to them about what our plan of action was going to be. Um, we really tried to think this out and make sure we had uh, an actionable plan, not just talking about it, but we wanted to show that we're committed to, 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 to actual change. So we, we developed this, this idea of having these focus groups where we can sit down, talk about things, uh, discuss it you know, over the Zoom meetings as to what we can do to, to help impact our community. Um, I talked to Mr. Snyder about that, and he was all for it. So we had the meeting on Monday. We explained to everybody what we'd like to try to do. We invited everybody into it. Um, on the organizational meeting, we had uh, over 255 people um, in attendance and had an opportunity to, to, to speak to them. Um, and then tomorrow, we have our first meeting. Friday, we'll have another meeting with the different groups and, and try and come up with ideas. And again, as I said, actionable ideas. Nothing that we're, you know, we just don't want to talk about it. We want to get involved. So it's something we really thought out. Uh, Rhiannon Walker. Hi, Ron. Thank you again for taking the time to call us, and I hope you guys are staying safe over there. Um, my question revolves around Adrian Peterson. He said that he's going to be kneeling during the anthem. Were there any conversations between the two of you all, or just what are your feelings? Obviously, you had Eric Reed on your team in Carolina, but just what was your conversation with him, if any, about this? You, you know, it's interesting you, you asked that question. Um, mostly because you know I, I was fortunate enough to have Eric Reed with me in, in, in Carolina. Um, and it was real interesting because we went and decided we were going to sign Eric only on football. We weren't going to talk to him about you know what he was his intent was as far as the uh, anthem was concerned until after. And then he and I had a great conversation. And one thing I did before we, we signed Eric and I did it again last week was I read the Constitution, um, I, I read the, the Bill of Rights, uh, I read the amendments, um, I even read the Oath of Office, just so I understood everything that I needed to going into this situation. And when Eric and I talked, it, it, was, it was an eye-opener for me personally. 
Um, and he also helped me to really truly understand what the protest was about in terms of taking the knee and that it had nothing to do with our military, nothing to do with our first responders, had nothing to do with the flag. It all had everything to do with social injustice and brutality, police brutality and, and, and working to get that corrected. And so I, I was I was fine with it. I had no issue with it because of what I had read, because of what, you know, the, the Constitution said, what, what, what the Bill of Rights talked about, you know, the, the right to life, liberty, you know, to, 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 the right to freedom, life and liberty. I mean, it, it's, it's just it's there. It talks about these freedoms and these rights that we have. And so I, I just I just, you know, felt that it, 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 it's 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 their choice. It's, it's their decision. And again, I support it because it's it's in our constitution, and that's what our that's what our military personnel fought for for for, for our rights, for our for our safety. John Kahn. Thanks, Ryan. My condolences on the death of your high school coach as well. Um, when you, who else did you seek maybe some input from? and talking to to help guide you through this, who were some people that maybe you leaned on? Well, I, I talked to a lot of people, to be honest with you. You know, I, I talked to, to several sports psychologists and in, including um, um, uh, Dr. Page. Um, I talked to a gentleman named Kevin Elko, who I've worked with, you know, from the time I got into the league and, 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 and sought his counsel. I, I, I talked to some some people in the clergy, including a priest that I've, I've had as a, um, as, as somebody that lead a fellowship for me between he and I and asked his ideas and thoughts. Um, I reached out to a, an activist, a gentleman named Tony Porter, who has worked with me when I was in Carolina and, and has worked with the league um, and, and, and sought counsel from him as well. Um, I have a, a friend in, in, um, in Chicago. She's a social worker. She's worked with a program called TASC, T-A-S-C. Daphne Bale and 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 we had a great conversation about those things as well, um, and I know I'm forgetting somebody because I reached out for to a number of people. Um, uh, clinical uh, a clinician named uh, Tish Guerin who works with uh, with the Carolina Panthers who I'd worked with, and I, I I wanted to talk with her as well and and, and get some insights and ideas about things. Um, I uh, I talked to Frank Luntz, um, you know, ab about it. And what he thought, and and just you know listening to him as well. I'm trying to check my my. I wrote a list of people. So I knew this was going to get to ask this question, and I, I can't find the uh, I can't find my list um, because I don't want to forget anybody. But but I reached uh, reached out to former police officers. I talked to my older brother, who's a oldest brother, who's a retired police officer in San Jose, California. Um, I, I talked to um, a, a sergeant, uh, Cynthia Cook who's actually uh, one of my wife's best friends and, and has worked on uh, some social initiatives as well in, in California. Um, I talked to uh, Mike Jacobs, who's a retired police officer here in, 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 the, in the DC area. So I, I wanted to get ideas and thoughts from folks and, 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 and really, you know, as, as we go forward at this program, be well educated on it and, and, and try to, to make sure we, we hear what our community is telling us because because again you know this program that we're doing this money that we're, we're you know that, that, that mr snyder's putting in is, is we're trying to keep it in our community we're trying to keep it in the dmv so that you know we can work with with the local community to try and find uh, answers or programs that can help find answers uh, jp finley hey ron thanks for taking the time um i wanted to circle back to something you said a little earlier how you are especially proud of Dwayne Haskins and his work, um, you know, attending the protests. When you took the job back in January, 
you said you wanted to see more leadership and, and Haskins take a, a larger role as the quarterback of the organization. Considering everything that's happened this offseason, uh, coronavirus, uh, all the protests across the country, and also trying to work out and get into shape and running, taking over this football team, how do you think Dwayne has handled all of that? I think he's done very well with it. You know, it's been kind of neat because, um, you know, he'll, he'll send me a text. Uh, sometimes he'll send it to me a little bit late at night, so I won't get it till the next morning because I'm usually in bed. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where he, he's he's really taken to what he and I talked about to heart. And, and I really do appreciate it because it shows maturity as well. And, and he's a young man who's just learning the game, you know, came out of college early, obviously. And, and, and again, it's just one of those things that as you see him grow and develop, you can see those types of things that you're looking for and that you're hoping that he understands how important it is. I appreciate the attitude and effort he's, he's, he's approached this with and, and really looking forward to seeing him in person. I mean, this, you know, I, I mean, I, I pop in and out of the Zoom meetings. You know, like I said, he and I text back and forth. Uh, we actually, we actually um, had a phone call last night. Uh, we talked a little bit about, about things and how things are going for him. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see, you know, see him in person when we get an opportunity to get back together as a football team. Michael Phillips. Yeah, you, you mentioned just the, the difficulty in Zoom and all that, and, and it sounds like, uh, you know, it might be training camp before you get the whole team together. What, what does that do in terms of your timeline? of getting ready for the season and what do you need to impart to the players now and then in an accelerated training camp as well? Well, Michael, you know, this is, this is the second time I'll have gone through this where, where I've not been able to work with our, 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 our team uh, until it's time for training camp. So I'm definitely looking forward to that opportunity. Um, you know, our, our guys have been great about it. The, the attendance that we've had on, on, on the zoom meetings has been very good, very, very good. I'm, I'm really pleased with that. Um, and it just, you know, again, just feels like our guys are understanding what it takes. The hardest part and the toughest part will be on the on the players coming back as far as their conditioning and preparation for, for training camp more so than it will be the mental aspects of the game. That's the thing that we'll be concerned with. So that will be interesting to see how they come back. You know, obviously when we get the guys back, we'll do some conditioning testing just to see where our guys are. And then from there, we'll go with our approach. Um, the thing that we are is that we're, we're, we're prepared in terms of I've got all the scheduling done. I've got all the, all the, uh, the, the, the itineraries uh, in place, and I've got the uh, practice scripts ready to go. I've given them to our coordinators, um, special teams, offense, defense, and they're starting to script those and get those ready. In fact, they should probably be done sometime in the next few days uh, that we'll have everything in place, and then we'll just adapt them to, to, to what happens. Um, you know, there's a whole new set of protocols that the league is coming out with that we're going to have to follow. In fact, we have a meeting this afternoon on it. Which I'll be going over with our, you know, with our, um, with our support staff personnel, our trainers, our, our, um, our videos, people, our, um, our, uh, our equipment manager, um, and uh, my director of football operations, Paul Kelly. So we'll go through all those things and and check those those boxes in terms of what we need to make sure we're we're ready for. So it's going to be an interesting start to the uh, to, to to training camp. But again, we're still looking for guidance from the NFL and NFLPA as we start preparing for this. Uh, David Aldridge. Coach, thanks for this. Um, I was wondering, as you talk to your players about what's going on in this country the last few weeks, not only what are you listening for from your players in terms of what they need and what their concerns are, but what are you hoping specifically your white players might want to do to be allies with regard to this going forward, both both internally and perhaps publicly as well? Well, you, you know, it's interesting. Um, 
I think the biggest thing, more than anything else, is you want to make sure that 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 all non-African American players, all non-Black players, are listening to what's being said. They're listening to 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 what they they the the the, the African American, the Black player is seeing and feeling. Um, that way, you can have empathy. You can you can have somewhat of an understanding. You really can't understand because you're not in their shoes. But if you can feel their pain, listen to their pain. I think that helps you. And I think it also shows them that you care about them, that you want to help. And for everybody to come together, I think the change can be made. I think the things that we need to do to, to go forward from here, you know, from where we are today um, can happen. Because again, the more people you know, involved, I, I think the better off the opportunity is and the better the chances are to, to, to really do some, something with some actionable change. Uh, Matt Paris. Hey, thanks for doing this. I was just curious, um, you know, some teams have brought in other speakers uh, to address the group. Uh, I was just curious, uh, do you guys plan on doing anything similar or have you brought in anyone to address um, groups about no, the issue? We, we haven't brought anyone to address. Um, I feel very comfortable with the people that we do have here, um, you know, on, on, on staff. I, I, I had an opportunity to talk to Dr. Monica Page, who, who I, I, I really truly um, have appreciated in terms of our conversations. Um, our team chaplain, Pastor Brett Fuller, is, is, is an outstanding speaker. Um, he spoke as well the other day on the team Zoom and, and, and just gave a great example of his own personal experiences. Um, if, if, if you couldn't hear what he was saying, if you couldn't feel the pain that he had during his conversation, you might not have been paying attention. So, um, you know, uh, and, and Malcolm Blacken, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of confidence in, in, in those folks that we have the right people in place. Um, would I like to bring speakers to, to speak to our guys eventually? Absolutely. As we get further and further into this, you know, um, I most certainly will. I'm, and, and again, not just about football things, but about life in general, because I think it's important that, that, you know, we develop a well-rounded young man, uh, you know, football player. And, and again, it's important that the right people touch these guys. Steve Wino. Hey, Ron, just to, to follow up on, on what Michael asked you earlier. How productive have have these virtual offseason meetings and things been for you? And like, what have the challenges kind of what have the challenges been for you of holding all this virtually that you need to kind of address and cast? Well, I think the biggest thing, more so than anything else, is, is we have nothing of our own to teach off of in terms of practice tape. That's the hard part. You know, we we've had to, you know, and, and again, kudos to the coaches for going out there and, and finding the clips, the the, the cut ups that match what we're installing in terms of the style of play, you know, whether it's an offensive play, a defensive play, um, you know, Nate uh, Kaxar, our, um, our special teams coach, a little bit of advantage because a lot of his video that I've watched is really us. It's, 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 it's the players from last season, uh, his scheme from last season, he's been able to use those types of clips. You know, I've watched Scott Turner and a lot of his clips have been, you know, from when we were in Carolina, um, they have been able to take some of the plays that this team ran last season and use them because they're very similar in, in formation, motion, blocking scheme, uh, running play or pass play. Defense has been a little bit difficult. Um, it's been a mix of several different teams when you watch the, uh, the, the the teaching tapes that our coaches have been using. That's probably one of the hardest things, but kudos to those guys for coming up with different ways to to, 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 to get the point across to our guys. Um, one of the hard things too is, is you know, the, the virtual period has, has gone a lot longer you know, than, than, than we, had, we had hoped for. I'd love to have been in, in, in phase two or phase three by now with the players on the field. Um, but our coaches have come up with, with different ideas, different ways of, of doing things. 
there's a game that you can play as a question and answer type game that you can set up through this app. Our coaches have used that, jumped onto that and done very well with it. You know, they, they do PowerPoints through this stuff where they can drop in information. Um, they've got plays that have been drawn up that, that our, our, our IT guys, our, our, excuse me, our IT guys, our, our uh, interns, not our interns, but our quality control coaches, excuse me, have been able to design and put them into the programs for our coaches to use during teaching. Um, and then the hard part too is, is, is we're getting a little bit repetitive, a little redundant. And um, so it, it, it's been, you know, almost to a point where we're going to oversaturate these guys and, you know, we have to be careful with that. And standing. Hey, Ron, um, in, in regards to some of these practices, obviously by now under normal circumstances, we would have seen you guys out on the field several times and would be able to have a sense of how, you know, some, how you're using certain guys and some rotations, things like that. Um, especially like say linebacker, offensive tackle. Specific, what are some specific positions or players that you have seen where maybe more of that challenge has come in without uh, having actual practices on the field? Well, you hit the nail on the head right away. I mean, it's obviously going to be left tackle. Um, you know, the other question for us is, you know, is, 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 is where is Schweitzer, where is, um, where is uh, Martin going to fit in terms of, of, of opportunity to be a starting guard? You know, that'll be a heck of a competition. Our tight end position, you know, I like the guys that we have. I think we have good quality football players that can help us obviously uh, do what we want to do on the offensive side. Defensively, you would have loved to have seen how the linebackers have gone and things have done. Uh, Ryan Anderson is a young man that we obviously got to find a, a, a home for. We got to find how we can use Ryan with his particular skill set. Um, so, and then again, what's our depth going to look like at, uh, in the secondary? I mean, we, we've got some quality guys. Now we just got to figure out the best way to use them. Uh, want to see where our, our, our young receivers are. You know, the, 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 there's so much that's been written about Terry and the rest of those young guys as to, to the success they had last year in terms of their development. So where are they in that development? Um, the running back situation, obviously, you know, I, I had an opportunity to, to look out the window and see um, Darius Geist the other day working out, uh, you know, on his rehab. And it's been kind of cool to watch him, um, you know, looking forward to seeing Adrian, uh, you know, being young as ever and um, really excited about the quarterback position. I really do. I think we're going to have a heck of a battle. Um, it, it, it's going to be an interesting, very interesting thing to, to watch. And, you know, and obviously where Alex is as well. Sam Fortier. Hey, Ron, Sam Fortier with the Washington Post. I'm kind of wondering, you know, we know you didn't want to do your first team address uh, over Zoom, but I guess what did you do to, to kind of compensate for it being virtual? And then how do you feel like it, it went overall? Um, well, what, what I was able to do was, you know, I had a PowerPoint and, and was able to use that, drop that in. Um, that way I could make sure I touched all the points with the players in terms of what they can expect from us and what we expect from them. Um, try to make sure everybody understood what the vision was here uh, and now going forward, and that is to, to, to develop a sustainable winning culture. Um, and, and, you, you know, it's something I've talked about and I'll continue to talk about because I think it's very important that everybody understands and everybody's on board and everybody buddy buys into what the vision is uh, as we go forward as a football team. I thought it went well. Um, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I really didn't like the, the, the fact that, you know, we, we did a, a, a Zoom conference um, twice, you know, once with the players and then once with the, the, the employees, the rest of the organization uh, and players included to, to talk about this, the situation, the circumstances that have come up a little over two weeks ago. I mean, it, you know, it, 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 it's really disappointing for me personally. And that, that I, that's how I did it. I would have much rather been able to do it in person and see everybody and, 
you know, and, and, and get a feel for the room. I mean, I, I just think it's real important that you, know, you get a chance to, to see everybody, talk to everybody face to face. Thank you, Haley. Hey, Ron, Pete Haley with NBC Sports Washington. We saw the video of you late last week walking back into the facility with your, your sweet custom mask, by the way. So what's it like just being back in the building and do you feel like you can get more done now that you're in your office as opposed to working from home? Um, well, no, not necessarily. I, 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 I have gotten a lot more done since I've been back in the office, but the pace of things that, and, you know, working from home, working from my basement was, was, was very good because first of all, our IT guys did an outstanding job of setting me up with everything I needed. Um, and so I was able to work from there. It's just that, you know, your focus is a little bit different at home. Um, you know, because usually when, when you're done, you know, when we're done with the virtual meetings, um, you know, then I get the question or I get the comment, hey, I need you to do this or I need you know, coming from the wife. So here I don't have to worry about anything. Well, I got Paul Kelly screaming about the things that he wants me to do, but that's all oriented towards the football team. Whereas at home, because, you know, we moved right during the lockout as it started. So we've kind of had to put our house together in the last few months, you know, without being able to have the extra help, you know, inside and everything like that. Um, and so that's kept us really busy. But being back in the office has given you know, me the opportunity to really dive into uh, the things that I needed to in terms of finishing all the scripts, finishing all the itineraries, finishing um, all the scheduling, um, and then also having Paul Kelly in the office next to me, having him be able to come over and we can talk about the things that we have to set up next, the meetings that we have to have. That's the other thing is we're, we're able to have these meetings. Um, you know, we've got to do the social distancing. So we use our, 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 one of our big rooms and we put different guys, you know, but, and so we talk a little bit louder. Uh, you have to, cause you got your mask on, but we've been able to meet and talk about these things. And we'll have another one today at, at one o'clock as we discuss going forward with the, with the new protocols. Thank you. Carrie Chow. Hey, what's up, Coach? Kerry uh, Chow with NBC4. Uh, hope you're doing well. You know, you're, you're one of the only minority head coaches in the NFL. As such, it, fair or not, your voice carries even greater weight when it comes to conversations about race. Knowing that, how has that affected your motivation or urgency to speak up about Black Lives Matter? You know, when, when, when everything first started, uh, you know, a little over two weeks, I had a... Um, and a big concern that I didn't want to come across as insincere um, because I, I, I know, but I don't. And, and I don't want to sit there and, 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 and try and compare to things that I've gone through to situations that I've had um, growing up, situations I had in college. And then when I got into the NFL to what the black player, the African-American player goes through. And, and so I, I really wanted to make sure we went through this in a very thoughtful manner um, and, and, and as I mentioned, uh, you know, I talked to a number of, of people, you know, and, and, and I wanted to make sure I got it right. So I had to be very, I wanted to be very, I really did. I want to be very careful, but at the same time, I also wanted to have action. You know, I, I went through a very difficult situation in Carolina, uh, where we had this type of situation and, and it, it was, it was, to me, I felt a little bit rushed going through it here. I, I, I felt, you know, that I wanted to make sure I, I, I put it into perspective the way it needed to be, that we had a plan of action that was so that we could make sure we listen to our employees, we listen to our players, listen to our coaches, and we have some actionable change, something that we can truly do. And as I said, it was great to have, you know, my conversations with Mr. Snyder and have him be very supportive of, of, of this, this plan that we have um, to the point where, like I said, he, he donated $250,000. So I, I just think that was cool. 
but I, I just want to make sure I'm, 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 I'm where I need to be. Um, I want to make sure that, 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 you know, people understand that, that, that we, that I support the Black Lives Matter movement, that I want to listen to our players, I want to listen to our employees and coaches and, and, and make sure we get this right. This is very important. And because of, of, of how long the, the, the process, the peaceful protests have gone on, real change is, 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 is within our grasp. And we've seen it with some of, some of the governmental moves you've seen from, from, from cities like Minnesota. You know, and, and, and I, I just think that, that there is a chance to do good right now. All right, we got time for three more. Let's do Darren Haynes. Hey, Coach. Uh, thanks for doing this. I hope all is well. Um, my question uh, to follow up on Carrie Chow's question, um, you mentioned that you had some of these conversations with uh, Dan Snyder. What's the plan in place when you have players like Adrian Peterson take a knee or other players take a knee when you have the backlash from some of the NFL fans who don't support players taking a knee? Well, you know, I've gone through that. I went through that in Carolina. And, and as I said, I took the time to reread the Constitution of the United States, to reread the Bill of Rights. And when you do that, and then when you read the oath of office to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States, you know, we should be supportive of people's rights, their, their right of free speech. And, and so that's kind of what, um, I shouldn't say kind of, that is what really kind of made me or helped me to understand the importance of that. And so when, when Eric Reed took his knee, he was just exercising his rights. And so I'm going to be supportive. I know, you know, Mr. Snyder is, has told me, you know, you, you have to communicate it. You've got to make sure the players understand that you understand them, that they, that they know what you want. And so because of that, you know, that's why I'm the one talking because I'm, you know, I'm the one that's, that's out there. And so again, I am supportive of our players. I want our players to understand that and we'll go from there. Julie Donaldson. Hey, Coach, uh, looking ahead just a little bit, when the season does get up and going again, there's a lot of talk about whether or not fans will be in the stadiums. Obviously, there are a huge driving uh, force behind any team's success, uh, behind teams just getting on the field, the excitement of being at home. What are your thoughts on potentially playing the season without the stadium maybe full or just the importance of having them there or not there? Well, you know, I, I do think that, that there is something about having fans, having their support. You know, again, as I've said when I first got here, I, I remember when 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 I played back in the day and just going into old RFK and, and feeling the the energy level. And then when I first started as a coach, going into to, to FedEx Field and feeling the energy there. So you know it's it's here. You know it's capable of of, of being um, uh, part of, of of what you need to be successful. So it's it's going to be kind of strange if that's what happens if we don't have fans, Julie. I, I think the thing that you know, we as players have got to do is we've got to find it within ourselves at that point. If you don't have the fans, um, you know, my only big disappointment is I kind of wish we had Philadelphia the first week. That way, you know, if they bring the fans back later, it'd be kind of cool. And then uh, last one, Scott Abraham. All right, Ron, uh, good to see you. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time. Uh, two weeks ago, video surfaced of uh, Dwayne Haskins working out with Antonio Brown, obviously. A lot of Redskins fans were excited about the possibility of that connection. Uh, you said earlier you have a young receiving core. Any interest in bringing a veteran wide receiver like an Antonio Brown to Washington? You know, for us to bring a, a veteran guy at, 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 
a couple of positions. We got to see what we have in terms of our young guys first. Um, I made the comment about it, about our, our left tackle position. We've got a group of young guys that we have to find out, you know, whether or not they have that ability to be football players. Because if you bring a veteran right now, you're going to stunt the growth of somebody young. And so we got to find out, we got to see, and that's the beauty of where we are right now. Cause we've got some young guys at left tackle that we really like, you know, uh, we've got some young guys at wide receiver that sh have shown you potential over last season and now into the preseason, or excuse me, the offseason. You haven't really had a chance to watch them. You know, so so those are a couple of positions that we've got some young guys we really want to see and check out. Quarterback's another one that people, you know, have asked me about. And so I've just said we have to see what we have before we make those decisions. You know, I know who Antonio Brown is. I know he's a great player. Um, he's an impact guy. He's also a veteran guy, and we've got some young guys that we have to find out about. So, again, that's kind of the approach is that we want to see what we have. You know, if we were able to go through OTAs and now mini camp coming up next, which would have been next week, we would have been really able to judge that and say, hey, you know what, we need to get a guy at this position or we need a guy at that position. Hey, these guys aren't coming along like we're, we're hoping. Let's pull the trigger on bringing this guy into our organization. So that's the hard part about not being able to see our guys. Um, as I said, I, I went through it when I was first in Carolina as a head coach, you know, did, not knowing who we had and coming out of the um, out of the lockout, we had to go sign players and we signed players without me really knowing who they were. Um, and, and, and that does make a difference. You want to know who your guys are, who, who your guys are going to be. And it can help you in terms of going forward, because these are the guys that you want to put your energy towards in terms of your development of your football team.